0: Both Podcast. As you can see, we are recording remotely today. Just some some little light uh, colds uh, have derailed this uh, this live show today, but that's okay. They'll get over it. Uh, that is the cycle of sickness and health after all. Thank you for joining us. Today is September the 3rd, 2022. This is episode, uh, what are we on? Uh, 347. Three hundred three hundred. 347. If you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, we are a podcast bringing you news and thoughts about movies, video games, music, and television, not necessarily in that order. And this has been quite a week, and we don't have a whole lot of time today, so let's go right into it. And we always start the show with music, and we start the music section with the weekend, or not with the weekend, we with the uh, Billboard charts. And your Billboard Hot 100, your top singles in the land this week, number one, back to number one. As It Was by Harry Styles. Number two, About Damn Time by Lizzo. I think both of them are getting a little bit of a VMA jump. Number three, Bad Habit by Steve Lacey. Not to be confused by Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran, different song. Number four, Running Up That Hill, A Deal with God by Kate Bush moves up a notch. And then number five, Break My Soul by Beyonce rounds us out.
1: I think that's breaking
0: back into the top five. Yes. Your albums chart, your Billboard 200, back at number one also this week. Un Sinti by Bad Bunny, after being dethroned for a week, is back at number one. Your number two is Beautiful Mind by Rod Wave, last week's number one record. Renaissance by Beyoncé is your number three. Unfortunately, Climbing Back Like the Zombie It Is That Refuses to Die at number four, Dangerous the Double Album by Morgan Wallen. And rounding out your top five, Harry's House by Harry Styles. So, yeah, not a whole lot of changes, just a lot of returning to number one, and yeah, the shambling corpse of Morgan Wallen that we don't need to talk about. Your new releases, in case you didn't like any of those this week, lots of new releases. Let's go right through them Age, Sex, Location by Ari Lennox. Uh, Ari Lennox? Ari Lennox. Ari. Uh, yeah, well, it takes you back to those chat days, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> when the Wind Forgets Your Name by Built the Spill. Yes, that Built the Spill. Legend by Legend the comma John. I had to remember how you say it. Legend comma John. Yes. About john Legend. It's it's some surprise it took him this long to to come out with a record just called Legend. Right, the self titled Legend album. Here we are. Speaking of self titled in a way, Jude by Julian Lennon. Julian Lennon, of course, being the namesake of Hey Jude, the famous Beatles song. So cool that he's finally taking that mantle himself. My Boy by Marion Williams. Patient number nine by Ozzy Osbourne. Yes, that, that Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. Darker Still by Parkway Drive. Arrangements by Preoccupations. As Above, So Below by Sampa the Great. Spirituals by Santa Gold. I haven't heard that name in like a decade. Like Neptune by Sun Little. Natural Brown Prom Queen by Sudan Archives. How Do You Burn by the Afghan Wigs. And Totally Enormous Extinct Dinosaurs by. Totally Enormous Extinct Dinosaurs. Self-titled album. Yes, yeah, self-titled. Uh, those are your new releases this week. I don't think I'm going to listen to any of these.
1: I don't think so either. Although
0: okay. I'm pretty sure the
1: As Above, So Below um, title of an album is already the title
0: of a different album. I'm sure it is. I mean, it's, that's a biblical reference, I believe. Yes. So it's a common phrase. Speaking of common phrases, well, there was a common phrase among people and fans and fans and people around Arcade Fire this week as the sexual assault allegations of frontman Wynn Butler kind of sent ripples through the music industry. We talked about it last week, but this week's news involves a tour mate. Um, to iPod commercial fame, uh, famous Feist, yes, you know, one, two, three, four, four was a tour, uh, tour mate this current tour with Arcade Fire, but in light of recent sexual misconduct accusations against Wynne Butler, the band's current opener Fice has announced she's exiting the tour on Thursday. Quote, to stay on tour would symbolize I was either defending or ignoring the harm caused by men, and to leave would simply would imply that I was the judge and jury. End quote. Fice wrote an Instagram post uh, her, uh, detailing her decision to leave the tour, Quote, I was never here to stand for or with Arcade Fire. I was here to stand on my own two feet on a stage, a place I've grown to feel I belong and I've earned as my own. I play for my band, my crew, their loved ones, and all our families and the people who pay their hard-earned money to share space in the collective synergy that is a show. The ebb and flow of my successes, failures, and other decisions affect all our livelihoods. And I recognize how lucky I am to be able to travel the world singing songs about my life, my thoughts and experiences, and have that be my career. I've never taken that for granted." So that's a long-winded way of kind of skirting the actual issue here. Mm-hmm. So nowhere in the same she saying anything specifically about the sexual assault allegations. But you can imagine that um, an agent or a PR is like telling her, it's like, this is probably the best move. And I agree. It's the best move to disassociate Feist, the artist, away from the the drama of Arcade Fire right now, but I it, wish that maybe she had made a more pointed statement, but I get why you wouldn't.
1: It's very legalese in a yeah. roundabout way of saying that I stand with the those that are accused, but because they are accusations, I don't yeah. want to make judgment yet, so yeah. for best for me and my band, we're going to separate from Arcade Fire at this time yeah. We're not throwing judgment at Arcade Fire or Wynn Butler, but for the purposes of this tour, we don't want to be involved while these accusations are currently um,
0: going around. Yes, it is the, you're right, it's probably legal, uh, like telling them, like, this is the most like pertinent move right now. And maybe down the line, you hear more of uh, personal opinions because. Uh, bands on tour with each other often interact with each other in a mm-hmm. uh, pretty intimate manner, and so it'd be interesting to see what she knows, what's happened behind mm-hmm. the scenes of this tour because Wynn's a very sensitive guy, is I think the other part of this. I'm not surprised if, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's having a complete emotional breakdown right now, but I don't know. I'm not a fly on the wall. I have no idea what's happening. All I can say is, that Coachella performance, he was weird already. He was on edge, <laughs> and so I can't imagine how much more he's feeling now but honestly you know if this uh, um, I'm inclined to believe these allegations and uh, yeah if if so then maybe I don't really care how he feels let's move on (laughs) to our second and much more exciting story if you're anything like me which is of course Taylor Swift back in the news this week after a surprise VH1 music awards or wow what the hell am I saying VMA's. VMAs Uh, surprise of a uh, 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 surprise sh- uh, VMA show up. Appearance. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. She showed up. She was dominant She showed up a lot, and the camera was fixated on her. So, yeah, I watched the VMAs. This is a little bit of context and preamble. The VMAs did happen. Nothing super exciting. No big surprises. A lot of more Nicki Minaj than I imagined there was going to be, and a lot more uh, footage of Taylor Swift and Jimmy Fallon, who seemed to be the cameraman's favorite people all night. I don't really get it. It was kind of a down year for the VMAs. Nothing really happened. And Were they the two highest profile stars? I think so. I think if you don't count Lizzo who was also prominent. Uh, yes. yeah. I don't know. Weird vibe. Overall kind of an awkward night and we definitely felt exhausted by the end of it. Uh, that uh, I was just dead. exhausted
1: watching too much Jimmy Fallon.
0: Right. So well, I'm always not exhausted. watching Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I'm exhausted watching Jimmy Fallon. Also, Jimmy Fallon seems to be exhausted by being Jimmy Fallon. Yes. That's another story. Anyways, but Taylor was a highlight. Taylor Swift surprised fans Sunday night with the announcement of an all new album, Midnights, set to come out on October 21st. The reveal of the album came during her climactic speech at the MTV Video Music Awards as she expect- accepted an award for Video of the Year for the 10 minute long, all too well short film, I should mention. Although she waited until midnight that night to reveal the name of the forthcoming record on her social media, along with the not so complete album art. She said uh, alongside this, a lengthy quote, I'm just gonna put a part of this in here. Quote, we lie awake in love and in fear in turmoil and in tears. We stare at walls and drink until they speak back. We twist in our self-made cages and pray that we aren't right this minute about to make some fateful, life-altering mistake. This is a collection of music written in the middle of the night, a journey through terrors and sweet dreams, the floors we pace and the demons we face. For all of us who have tossed and turned and decided to keep the lanterns lit and go searching, hoping that just maybe when the clock strikes 12, we'll meet ourselves. It goes on uh, to kind of describe, These are. it's going to be a 13-song album, and they're going to be like, deal with these feelings. Um, We haven't heard any names of songs, we haven't heard any Snippets of song quite yet. I imagine in Taylor fashion, we'll hear a single in the coming weeks because I can't imagine she's going to just drop it all on October. Uh, she does usually have a strategy for this. Yeah, I think Ronnie, themat- in September here. <laughs> yeah. So it's got to be soon, you would imagine. Um, I think thematically, it's interesting. She's kind of re- she's visited some of these themes before. It doesn't feel very folklore to me, which makes me think she's maybe returning to maybe an earlier sound or maybe this is something completely different. Um, I'm ready for Taylor to be surprising again, uh because that really worked for her in the last last round. So uh yeah, let's do something different. let's uh let's get that rock album that was rumored. Let's I wanna right,
1: pump the brakes on all the Taylor hype here. okay as, as much fun as a new Taylor album is and all the all that comes with it. Pump the brakes because if this is as she describes, not a whole lot good comes out of stuff out, out 2 a.m.,
0: <laughs> um, especially Tonight, if you're waking AM. up in, it's yeah, her AM. other favorite time
1: yes so <laughs> if you're waking up in the middle of the night and then like writing down the terrors of your dreams <laughs> may or may not actually be the best things to sing about yeah but it could be the dread existential stuff like especially coming from her where it could be like the rise the fame the fortune I doing enough to keep all yeah. of this but I think, we have to temper all of our expectations until the album does come
0: out. I think that's an interesting point. Because yes, that's not the territory that she's not uh, unfamiliar with. The last couple of uh, albums, well, even beyond on Lover and in Folklore and Evermore, there are songs about her anxiety, which you're right. on right, the tightrope, yeah, on yeah, the tightrope. Wasn't type necessarily room? things that she's saying about before, but now it seems like she's more comfortable talking about these things. And so yeah, having an entire album about that idea well, it turns out that those songs were some of the best on those respective records. The Archer, uh, yeah, Mirrorball. Mirrorball, like, that's the one I played. Yeah, you know, yeah, a lot of very songs about like what it feels like to be in the center, the center of attention, and that anxiety. So yeah, uh, I think it could be really cool, um, but again, it's a wait and see until we kind of hear some of the music and what this is gonna sound like because that now is the current biggest surprise that Taylor probably has up her sleeve. So we'll see. And you have mentioned here, because it is September, Green Day, uh, specifically Billy Joe Armstrong's hibernation has begun. Uh, Don't wake him until there are about 27 more days. Uh,
1: That's because uh, in four weeks, we will be podcasting on October 1st. We will
0: be waking up Billy Joe Armstrong. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there when we do. But in the meantime, you listened to one record this week. Uh, You had a John Party party. Yes.
1: I had a party by john party and it was quite the party because john party was at that party making it a party hey hey got through all that that messing up all right so uh john party i actually saw him in concert um uh, at the beginning of august up yeah. in santa barbara um or he was actually promoting his album mr saturday night uh that's the album that just came out and It is a very 90s-esque album, talking about going to the hockey talk, talking about um, driving around, drinking lonely, um, getting lots of steel guitars, lots of banjos in here, lots of throwback music to like those early 90s loud, very in-your-face songs, Mm -hmm. but also very modern with it. A lot of like Chris Young influences, a lot of... uh, Jason Aldean rock influences in here. And I really dig this album. Okay. Uh, do note that the last time we put out an album uh, was the Heartache Medication album, which I liked but didn't like at the time because it was all about heartbreak songs. Uh-huh. And it was, yes, I like the songs. I like where you're going here. But because they were all heartbreak songs, I wasn't in that like mindset or vibe. So I wasn't totally digging it. Mm-hmm. But for those who were, it was a good yeah. album. But this kind of brings it back around to the party feeling, pun intended. Um, The good vibes, the happening times, and it's a lot, a lot of fun listening to this album.
0: So it's called Mr. Saturday Night. Does Billy Crystal show up at any point? No. (laughs) (laughs) You can't just call it that, John Party. You can't just call it Mr. Saturday Night, but whatever. (laughs) I'm old. You're yeah, right. old. No one gets that joke. <laughs> no one
1: gets that joke. Like... Night now? Yeah, I mean, hey.
0: Uh maybe it's a mantle that could be passed down. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh yeah, no, sounds sounds good if you're a fan of John Party and that edge of country music. God knows that after this week, probably a lot of people are trying to move on to maybe outside of Jason L Dean, to maybe somebody a little bit uh more comfortable for them. Yeah. Look at John Party. John Marty, alternative uh, to Jason Aldean and that circus which we're not going to talk about this week I almost included a story, follow up story to that story but I'm, not, I'm <laughs> the not, <that> follow-up. <laughs> I'm skipping it yes week. please do anyways, uh, that'll do it for music let's move on into the video game section and boy do we have a lot to talk about here but before we do that, we have upcoming releases for this week first up, Biomutant, getting the next gen release after a previous gen release last year that's on PS5 and Xbox Series X. Circus Electric, out on everything. Temtem, getting a next-gen Switch and PC release. This was this is the Pokemon-esque uh, indie game that was released for last gen last year. Uh, made a little bit of a ripple when it uh, was announced, specifically with Pokemon fans that were frustrated with the current state of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. The Tomorrow Children Phoenix Edition, a re-release for PS4. Train Sim World 3. Guess what? It's a train sim, and it's on everything but the Switch. Choo-choo. Two, two. Choo-choo, motherfucker. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steel Rising, one word, on the next-gen and PC. NBA 2K23. Yes, it's basketball time on everything. Note. The Switch and PC versions are last year's game with a 3 on it. Everything else is new. Just PSA for you. And then lastly, the big release this week, the Switch exclusive Splatoon 3. Get ready for more splat action with your squid friends. All right. Those are your new releases. News this week. Another story about a leak then formally announced. Uh, It seems like the general consensus there is maybe Ubisoft maybe leaked this this, themselves to get some hype. I believe it. Assassin's Creed, the new Assassin's Creed game and name, has finally been revealed after some much uh, rumor, a lot of rumors over the last year. They've officially announced Assassin's Creed Mirage, and it will have its full reveal next week. Quote: Assassin's Creed for Mirage is the next Assassin's Creed game. We can't wait to tell you more on September 10th at Ubisoft Forward. That's at 9 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Pacific. We can't wait, or nine wait, what? No, I think that's 9 a.m. Cent- uh, Eastern yes. Central and 12 p.m. Pacific. That would be weird if it was the opposite of that. Quote, we can't wait to tell you more on... Sept- wait, I just read that. Yeah, you have this choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I copied the pasted of this. Anyways, the important information here is that, yes, there was a leak of some, uh, some art uh, from Assassin's Creed Mirage. It appears to be set in uh, the Middle East. Um, but in a different location than, of course, the first Assassin's Creed and will be loosely based on a lot of the Arabian Nights myths, so like the 40 thieves, etc. So imagine that that is going to be your setting for Mirage. That's pretty exciting. I think that's different enough from the last couple of games from Vikings and Greek mythology that they could really dig into a Mm -hmm. new location, have a lot of different vibe that does harken back to the first Assassin's Creed. So, hey. I'm happy with that, and I would, I'm looking forward to seeing more about the game. Maybe they're going to try something a little different this time. So, Assassin's Creed fans, you're right. Halo fans, however, had kind of a down week as, yet again, 343 Industries has let down people looking forward to new content for Infinite. They have confirmed, It is Infinite. They were yeah. let them down. Well, Infinite delays is probably what they should call it now, because yes, yes. a new round of delays for Halo Infinite's content is here as well as a cancellation of something that they promised upon release, local split-screen co-op. Campaign co-op, the Forge beta, and season three are still happening, but they have been pushed back again, studio confirmed in a development update video and a new content roadmap, both of which were viewable this week. Campaign co-op, which was previously targeting an August launch, will now arrive in November. So too will the Forge open beta, which was previously scheduled to arrive this month in September. Also, the game's third season of content, Echoes Within, has been delayed until March of next year. So, keep moving back and back and back on Halo Infinite. It's so
1: fun to see 343 Industries spare no expense
0: for (laughs) Halo Infinite. I can't imagine if it's just that they've built a platform that's really hard to iterate on. Like, did they pull a Destiny on themselves? Like, maybe that's what's happening. There's Um, more of an Anthem than a Destiny. (laughs) Ooh, that's harsh. At least the game, the core game in Infinite is fun to play, unlike Anthem. yes, That's the difference between those two games. Um, Note here that, yeah, the the saddest part of this is losing uh, split-screen co-op. Couch co-op is something that's been a Halo staple, and to have that not even be availability in Infinite is, I'm sure, disappointing to a lot of people, specifically siblings and people who live in dorms. (laughs) Where I feel like most couch co-op happens, but yeah. A disappointing uh, wrinkle in the ever-evolving story of Halo Infinite. So, well, I hope they get their stuff together. And I hope that people who play that game get more content soon. Uh, Just
1: All that hype and goodwill when they announced Halo Infinite. And and all the content they said that were going to come out. And constant roadmap and like talking about it. And then delay. And as soon as those first couple of delays happened, yeah, You could just see on the internet, everyone would start to get worried and then lose confidence in what they
0: I, were doing. I honestly can't remember another time that a game came out the gate so strong and everybody was, was talking about how great it was. And then like maybe two or three weeks later and ever since it's been nothing but negative news. It's sad, really, for such a huge deal to be like thrown in the garbage like this. All right, let's move on to what the, the meat of this section, which of course is to talk about video games uh. we played. Although, video games may be a strong term uh, for the experience, I guess, we'll say, that we've had this week. Yes. Is but it actually we...
1: played, or is
0: it like watching and experiencing? We'll get there. But Before we do that, you just type something that I'm sure will be a quick hit right here. Kingdom Hearts Dark Road Finale. <laughs> yes, because I quickly typed that in. Yeah, Dark Road Finale. So, yes. yet another mobile Kingdom Hearts game has wrapped up. What do you have to say about it?
1: So this is less of an actual mobile game and more of what was promised of uh, coming into the beginning of the year. They said that they were going to discontinue both Kingdom Hearts Union Cross and Dark Road, that there would be uh, the final levels available to play in both Japan and the US uh, with the cutscenes available. Um, just basically wrapping up the whole game that they were kind of shutting down this portion of the Kingdom Hearts mobile versions in order to focus more on the Kingdom Hearts Missing Link mobile version, which is going to be an open-world ARG Pokemon Go-esque video game or mobile yeah. game, which hasn't come out yet. We'll get there when we get there. And mm-hmm. it's supposed to be linking these two titles, hence the title Missing Link. Right. So Kingdom Hearts Dark Road finale came out um, kind of tying into what the Union cross finale was and if any of this sounds super confusing to you don't worry it's all available on youtube for you to watch and yes even after watching it it can still be super confusing um, especially as kingdom hearts does what it does where it adds twists and turns and makes you think one thing and then points you to another direction and it's like hey we're gonna like throw this twist in here and be like now we're gonna try and set up for the next games that are coming out uh, currently, some of this, a lot of this um, mobile games are very tied into the mobile games, kind of like they're eating each other, going around in a circle, where if you're playing the bo- the Human Hearts mobile games, they're very useful, and interactive, and um, fun to play with. But all the stories are internally kind of connected, um, and only pseudo-connected through Dark Road and Xehanort and Ericus connecting into the main Kingdom Hearts universe. Uh, but the finale, final game, we have closure. We know what happens now. Um, yet another Keyblade War, shocker <laughs> trying to happen. Shocking, I know. Wow. Uh, and it, there's some stuff if you're paying attention that is quite interesting for the the roadmap ahead. Uh, interesting to see how all this is going to tie in with the missing link bubble game. But that is now done, it's available to play, or if you don't really want to play it, you can go watch it on YouTube. It's all available.
0: So it's a Kingdom Hearts mobile game is what it sounds like. It's a very Kingdom Hearts (laughs) mobile game. Yeah. Well, that is a perfect, I think, preamble, because games with narratives that may be a little confusing on the back end is actually going to be a theme today, uh, because we're going to talk about Sam Barlow today. If you're not familiar with his name, he's responsible for a lot of modern interactive adventure games with, with that are all united by connecting footage, is kind of his shtick. He's put out three games so far. Most recent, of course, this week's Immortality, which we're really going to focus on today. But you have down here that you actually de- dove into his back catalog uh to see, get some context, I guess, for his over. So the yes. first game, Her Story, from what I can understand, uh, made some waves when it came out because of its unique approach to uh, puzzle design, I guess, in a narrative game. Because you were basically taking footage and like text, using a text search or like a text parser to find out and solve a mystery by connecting, like, by searching these, this, the text database for information. So yeah, did you search... play some Her Story this week? Uh, just a little
1: bit, um, but... That's uh, because I really dove into Telling Lies. I realized yeah. it was the Her Story and then Telling Lies. Kind of yeah, which the second the uh,
0: second game that you put out.
1: Yeah. But same concept where you're using text database of typing in words or phrases of characters or people or locations. Yeah. And it's pulling back either uh, clips which use those phrases where it's locations people um, in the text file, um, in the text dialogue. So you put it in and then it spits it back out and you're kind of piecing together the story in these mini clips. right?
0: Um,
1: where, I've, Yeah, so her story is like clip, clip, clip. Telling Lies is more NSA where you're like you're kind of like invasively watching these like security
0: footage kind of thing, have, yeah.
1: Yeah, like have these conversations on like Zoom cameras, um, like uh, was it FaceTime kind of cameras? So like you're very invasive and like getting more information there. Um, so it's a lot of watching all these mini clips getting the key information, which is yeah. um, like very on the nose, it's not trying to like hide it. Right. But the fact that they give you like four different key informations in a single clip, then you're trying to like piece together like, okay, where does this thread lead me to? And then yeah. we're to go back and figure out, okay, where's this thread to to? Or yeah. how's all this
0: connected? So, that's the context going into his newest game with his studio Half Mermaid called Immortality. And the reason why I wanted you to talk about those a little bit, because Immortality is also that, but it's also not that. And I want to be clear, Immortality has two layers happening. So, the, the plot here, the basic setup for immortality is in universe. This is not actually what happened, but in the fiction of the game, Half Mermaid the Studio came across this interactive game, basically made an interactive game based on the, uh, the actress Marissa Marcel, who is in this world, a famous actress who had like a big starring movie that was never released, then a second movie that was never released. 20 years later, after that, made a third movie that was also never released. But everybody, And after that, disappeared. And so she Ooh. has this like myth around her. It's like, huh, whatever did happen to Mar- Marissa Marcel? She did the talk show circuit, she was a big deal in the tabloids at the time, but then she disappeared, and no one knows what happened to her. And the films, the footage has been lost forever. What happened to these films, and what were they about? So, at first, it seems like this is a game about the this story, right, where it seems like okay, well, maybe judging on the past Sam Barlow works, we are. This is a game about piecing together the mystery of what happened to Marissa Marcel, what happened to these movies, putting these movies together, perhaps, maybe even being able to watch these movies uh, complete after they're over. Maybe, maybe that's the surface level, and technically, all of that is still true. It is. For all intents and purposes, a game where you are doing that. You are learning more about Marissa Marcel's story and the story of her co stars and the story of her director um, over this time. You are piecing together the movies themselves. You do get to see a large chunk of these three movies that are completely uh, original to this to this game. But, and this is a big but, there is something else happening with this footage. There is a, let's say, sinister tone through all of these proceedings and it's not just about the content of that surrounding the like the fate of marissa marcel and the fate of the footage because that also gets kind of some dark places in the actual footage that you see but there is hidden footage there is an additional layer of something happening that is I don't want to give away too much about. because So what I want to do is I want to talk about it surface level today. And then once we both finish it, I want to have a spoiler conversation about this game. Because there's a lot to dig into on the spoiler side of stuff. Which brings me to the next thing. I had a conversation with you outside the podcast. (laughs) Yes. That perhaps you haven't seen any of this secret extra layer stuff. So I've seen glimpses of it. Yeah. Uh,
1: but only when, like, like going fast forward, rewind. Yes. Does it appear? And I can't like pause on it and click on it and interact with it
0: though. Right. So light spoiler here. So if you don't want to know anything about immortality, go forward five to ten minutes. Light spoiler here. A mechanic spoiler. Oh, <laughs> my appointment just got canceled. Great. Yeah. Cool. Anyways. Well, that works out. Uh, anyways, uh, so a mechanic spoiler here. So, like I said, if you want to, if you don't want to know anything about about it, forward. Also, do you want to know about it? Do you want to know exactly how you do this? Because I can tell you.
1: Uh, well, you can tell me off podcast too.
0: Okay. Well. Okay. What I will say then, for the purposes of this recording, is there something that I'm pur- supposed to do when I see it for your purposes is, you are supposed to do something when you see glimpses, maybe ghost images of something happening anything you are supposed to do something and you're right it does involve scrubbing the footage but I will get more in depth with you after the podcast because I don't want to give it away because I think the cool moment in this game is having that moment where you figure it out and I had that moment pretty early on and all of a sudden I was like what's happening in this game is this game haunted what's going on turns out it kind of is but like I said I'll leave that conversation to the spoiler conversation. There's a lot to dig into. But what I will say is there's a lot going on here, and I think it's actually surprisingly compelling. Um, I think at the beginning of the game, a lot of people are going to be like, what's going on here? This footage is kind of boring. There's a lot of table reads. Um, So you get footage that's either from the movies or behind the scenes of the movies, which means you get a lot of rehearsal footage between these actors a lot of just like conversations between them you get like as a table reads just like straight up script reads that are going to be super boring for anybody who i don't know isn't us and uh <laughs> you know are in like deeply involved in like film in the past or have studied film or are just interested in how the sausage gets made in that kind of way um but if you are if you're a film buff if you have any interest in, in movies at all or like the history of movies there's a lot to dig into here it does kind of talk about how you make a movie it talks about like how movies were made at different part, times in the movie industry there's a movie in, that was filmed in 1968 there's a movie that was filmed in 1972 and there's a movie that was filmed in 1999 so you got to get like little slices of life in those little in those periods in film down to techniques to make them like you get to like see their modern digital version of a movie that's supposed to look film grainy and in the aspect ratio of 1968 this is an extremely ambitious project. And I can't imagine how much work went into this. The actors have to act like they're acting and not acting sometimes at the flip of the, like like at a a moment's notice, like at a snap of the fingers. There's stuff like that. There's like, geez, there's like all sorts of like, there's so much to talk about here. And we do not have time to get into it. It is a
1: lot of layers, you're right. But it's It's a lot of footage
0: too. Because, yeah, as much as it is a game that is ostensibly about piecing together this mystery, I think it's also a game about talking about what it is to act in a film like this. What it is to be in the, like, the, in, like, have so much pressure on you as an actor, and especially method acting, and what that demands of somebody. How you often have to, like, pull back from putting so much of yourself into a shot because you can lose yourself in a moment. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Eminem. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of commentary about film here. There's a lot of commentary about acting. There's a lot of commentary about even stuff beyond that, which goes into the spoiler stuff. Like I said, we don't have time to get into all of Immortality. When you finish it up, I would love to have a spoiler conversation about this game, maybe next week. So uh, I feel like I'm almost done. I've unlocked I think almost 120 clips. Okay. And from what I hear, there are about ballpark 200. So I'm getting, and I've also seen a clip that I believe is the final clip, like I said. I think credits were supposed to roll for me, but they didn't. Uh, But I think I've seen how the story wraps up, I guess is what I'll say. There is, like I said, pre-podcast, there is technically an ending, but you don't need to get all the clips to get there, and it's not necessarily finality about the mystery, because again, I don't think this game is exclusively about the mystery. I think it wants to also be a vibe it also wants to make you think about certain things it's a thematic it's a thematic ending as much as it is a mystery ending and it all kind of it's all kind of relying on this supernatural kind of extra layer of something that's happening with the footage so yeah when we have a more in-depth spoilery conversation about it i'll be able to get into that part of it but for now what i will say is is if any of that interests you, and if you are interested in film or you played some Sam Barlow's previous games and you like that kind of vibe, I 100% re- recommend Immortality. I think it's a trip, it's a roller coaster. I think it's intimidating at first, but once you like, I think my second and third sit downs with it, it clicked for me. I think if you give it a few tries, even if you're a little stri- it's like weirded out at first, it sits with you and it's. Something that really makes you, like, it just stays in your head for a while. And um, it might end up on my list this year. Ooh. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's kind of, um, I didn't think it was just, going
1: to, and now um, I'm pretty sure it will. Just of note, um, in terms of like the actual gameplay, if you have played Her Story and Telling Lies, that's not the same gameplay as Immortality. You're not no. putting your text base into something and keep pulling out clips. You're clicking through each clip whether it's a person, an object, a script, um, something that they're interacting with to get to another piece of the clip. Once you access that other piece of the clip, it gets added to your timeline. Um, That's how you progress through the story. That's how you get all the extra clips. That being said, when you do click on an object, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna get the exact same clip within that series. It will indeed jump around to one of those three films much in the same way that in film, props and scripts and sets are used differently in different films. Same concept here of, oh, like this actor played a role in this film.
0: Right. This object here of a vase appeared in this film It's of a vase. Neat. I think it's a neat idea. And I think for the most part it works. I think there are some people um, maybe complaining about it feeling a little, undirected, I guess. People looking for a more like directed experience might be a little disappointed by that because you are going to end up in situations where you're clicking on something that you've seen before. You will be and you will often. be going
1: in circles. Yes.
0: You, there is that feeling every once in a while where you're like, all right, this is too randomized. I don't know if I'm actually seeing things I've seen before or haven't seen before. And sometimes there's not that much to click on. Sometimes you'll see a lot of There's even moments where, oh, I clicked on this and it just sent me to the same scene. Like, it just kind of zoomed in as you now, which means there's no other scene that's connected to it. Um, So it's not perfect mechanically, but for the purposes of the game it's trying to be, I think it works fairly enough that if you don't think about it, if you kind of just, like, relax and just, like, I'm just going to let this game take me where it's going to, I think that's the best approach, which is why when you texted me that you were trying to quote, put the movie in order, I was like, that's not how I'm playing this game at all. <laughs> because I think that the game wants you to think of all of this as one big pile of information, and less so as I'm putting together these movies so I can watch them in order. I don't think that's what this game is. I think the design of going from thing to thing is supposed to tell you there is recurring themes and motifs through all of Marissa's work. The, this happens in the cycle. This has always happened. This is always who she is, who she was. She does evolve, I guess you could say, over a period of time chronologically, but that's not really the point. I think it's supposed, that's only part of the mystery here. That's only part of the story, the part of the vibe. I think largely you're supposed to absorb all of this at once. So that's immortality? I. It's so hard to talk about this because there's so many more things I want to say, but we have to move on at some point. So I guess we'll table this till next week and maybe dig into it a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I'm still trying to unravel the mystery of the time jump how it goes from 7 uh, like 68 to 72 to 70, and then time
0: jump to 90, and she still looks the same. Yeah, so. That is the one thing that kind of took me out of my, uh, you know, the the, the like, disbelief. Yeah, the immersion is that, yes. However, there may be an explanation for that, but I cannot go into it today.
1: Yes, but I mean, well, when you have a game titled
0: Immortality Immortality, and
1: you have Immortal right in the title, there's something to do
0: with it. We're getting very close to spoiler territory here. So, what I will say is that's a good theory, and we'll talk about it next week. OK, we'll talk about it <laughs> when we finish the game. All right, so that's Immortality. Any other video games that we want to talk about this week before we move on to the next section?
1: Uh, still playing Saints Row. I'm kind of mainlining the main missions right now, uh, which means I'm doing what I'm not doing and clearing up <laughs> all the areas
0: first and then getting back into the main missions. Two questions. Kind of bugging me. Yeah, two questions. Is it getting better, number one? And number two, are you still running into bugs? Oh,
1: I'm running into bugs, especially when they're holding pistols like this, like Mm. two hands, and you see the gun in front of the hands as they're not even holding it, in a cutscene, not even like an in-generated cutscene. It's a purposely made cutscene, and because I'm not even like have that weapon in my holster, in my um, in my weapon wheel, and yet it's a pre-generated cutscene, and it's still wrong. Still wrong. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, I was swimming in the midair because I glitched through a swimming mechanic. And so my swimming action went into from into the ocean, glitched through uh, a bridge, and then I was flying, but still doing the swimming mechanic.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, this game should not have come out yet. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's so disappointing. So, still disappointed by Saints Row's weapon gathering. Uh It's, it's not
1: necessarily it's a disappointment. It's a, this game is so buggy that at least I'm able to uh, finish most
0: missions. <laughs> Do you think this is going to have a cyberpunk esque moment next year where all of a sudden everybody's like, hey, you can play Saints Row now, they fixed it?
1: Not unless they do an online version where they get <laughs> everyone to come in Saints Row Online. Uh, I, yeah, No, I don't think so. sounds frustrating.
0: Anyways. <clears throat> well, enough about Saints Row then. We probably won't talk about that game again probably for the rest of the year. <laughs> probably not. All right, let's move on into the next section here, which is television. And we always start the television section with the Sports Corner. Here's... Right by me. Here's... Hey, um, sports Corner. I got a. Your angel's back. There you go. That's my sports corner. Uh, we start sports with the biggest news right now that you are furiously typing in as, as I speak. Serena Williams is the top, is the hot topic of sports right now, as of course, as we mentioned. She is uh, playing her last tennis before her formal retirement. Serena Williams is currently playing at the U.S. Open. Ends after third round. Started, played. Currently
1: played. Playing. In. 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 Yes, Um, as she lost last night in the third round. Yeah, yeah. So in her career at the U.S. Open, she has consistently made the final or like the quarterfinals, the top 16, the quarterfinals, every single year except for two years. The first year she was in it in 1998 and this year. End of her career, where she both times she lost in the third round, but outside of that, she went 82 and 0 or like 66 and 0 through the first two rounds of the U.S. Open in 22 straight years. Damn, and yeah, uh, the only time she didn't make the quarterfinals was in her first year and her last year. Her final year. But yeah, she has announced that this has been her final year. ESPN has been promoting it after every one of her matches. She's been getting a farewell address send off, thanking the crowd, thanking everyone. It's a very big moment um, where all the spotlight is on Serena. Mm-hmm. But interesting if people will stick around now that she's eliminated and no longer in the spotlight.
0: Yeah. But it's still an interesting story, sports wise. And I think that, yeah, like, Anybody who cares about that was watching as you did, as you said, cramming three days of tennis like there's more tennis than you've ever watched in your life. Yes, an
1: entire year's worth of tennis (laughs) in three days, just watching Serena play in prime time.
0: There's other sports happening, though. As we talked about, what? I know, believe it or not, other sports was happening or will happen this Thursday as NFL season properly begins with kickoff game Rams versus Bills. Yes.
1: Which means that this upcoming weekend, if you have not already done so, your fantasy football yes. drafts vying for the fantasy football trophies, as I have right behind me, defending yes. my title this year.
0: Fun fact Chrissy had not heard of Butt Fumble, and so I showed her the the secret base breakdown last night on of YouTube. Of the butt fumble. Of the butt fumble last night. Yes. <laughs> which, is very, which is very funny because that's a, that's a seven and a half minute video where only the last like 10 seconds is the actual butt fumble. They right. make you wait the entire thing, giving you all the context about the season, about Mark Sanchez and everything, until the very last 10 seconds where they actually show you the butt fumble. And it's such a great, great top comic timing. We both like started laughing so hard. He just runs into that kind of butt. Yep. The butt fumblers. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So yeah, because I had to explain why you guys are called that. But yeah. Yes. What a classic moment. Anyway, that's twenty. It's almost twenty years or no, that's almost ten years ago. Yes, Almost a because, decade ago. 2012. Yes. Yeah,
1: because this trophy behind me is entering <laughs> its tenth season. Nice. So yes.
0: Okay. So shout out to Mark Sanchez. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> <Go> Diablos.
1: Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Uh, Get your fantasy drafts ready. The actual football season starts on Thursday, which is why we're talking about it now. But we'll tell you who wins come next week, as well as what's in store for week
0: one heading into week one of football. Yes. So, football very, very soon. Meanwhile, college football is this week. Thank you. I was like, CFP. Yes. That's the college football playoffs. Aha. Will expand to 12 teams, six conference champions, and next six highest ranked teams. So this is basically a reformulating of the playoffs for the college football season.
1: Yes. Currently, the playoffs are a four-team, top four teams get seeded, and they play against each other. So you win in the semis, meet in the finals. Okay. This is expanding it to a 12-team match, where the six conferences uh, champions... Of the SEC, ACC, Big 10, Big 12, and probably Pac 5, Pac 10, whatever you are going to call it now. Yeah. <laughs> and one other champion um, will play against one of the top six rated teams or one of the other top teams and basically pair it down. Where the for top four teams will get a bye. So we'll have eight play and then the four play and then the two play and then the one play. I love the four play. Yeah, everyone loves the four play. That's <laughs> the current setup right now with the four play in order to get to the two play. But we're going to expand it one more. So some teams will get a bye week while they play. Um, this doesn't happen this season. They have until twenty twenty six to enact it, but it can come as early as twenty twenty four. Okay. But they have uh, voted on this. They've agreed on it. Uh, this will hopefully make the bowl games actually mean something more. Yeah. Because now they'll actually, like, play the different bowl games and have them actually mean,
0: like, oh, if you win, you move on,
1: rather than go celebrate your team in the bowl game. Yeah, because
0: that's been been the conversation for the last few years, right? Which is they felt like they were just pumping circumstance because everybody knew it was going to be the same, like, two to four teams uh, in the playoffs every year.
1: Right, and also... That if you weren't playing on New Year's Day or part of like those um, uh, college the playoff games, your bowl game didn't mean as much because, right. mm-hmm. like, okay, you won, cool. There's nothing left. But here, if you make like, the bowl games actually mean something again, then it's like, hey, you won, congratulations, because that's what it was before. Like, you won the Sugar Bowl, you're the Sugar Bowl champs, great. Like, you won the Orange Bowl, you're Orange Bowl champs, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl champs. And then there was a separate game for the title game, aside from all those. So you wanted to win your bowl game. But now, with the college football format, it's, oh, you win the, uh, the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Well, guess what? You get to play again. That game doesn't mean anything. You're not top the finale. The most delicious bowl game. I'm sorry. It's the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl now. Oh, not as delicious. No, not as delicious we back to Festival. Yeah,
0: Tostigos No, the Pinfo anyway. Brady Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so, yeah, uh, that sounds like a good move. It sounds like anything to make it, those games matter more and get more teams to actually be competitive in uh, college football, in the college football playoffs. I say that's nothing but good. Get more schools involved, get more excitement around other teams that aren't Alabama. <laughs> it's also a
1: way to, to to ensure that if you're not for recruitment, if you're not going to SEC, uh, ACC, Big Ten schools, that mm-hmm. you still have a chance of making the college football playoffs.
0: Got it. Hey, now that we do have more time, do we want to maybe revisit that immortality conversation at the end of this podcast? Just thought I just had. Yeah, now that time. we time. time. Just do that. Just yeah. burn that so we don't have to talk about it again. Okay, yep. now that we have more time, we can do that. Anyway, sorry. And that's perfect, because the last segment is movies, and what better to talk about in the movie section than a vid- the video game that is kind of a movie? Yeah. But we'll get there. Let's instead wrap up sports. So uh, other elsewhere elsewhere, in sports, um, we are entering September baseball, and you know what that means. If your team has a shot in the playoffs, you are watching eyes peeled at this entire month of games. Uh, we are watching, especially with the expanded wildcard, this could be a Crazy month for baseball, so pay attention. Mm-hmm. I already hear that um, some some wild shit is happening um in the in the American League where the Yankees might not have that clinch everybody thought, and the and the Rays are sneaking up on them. So yeah, they Yankees Yankees had, had
1: like, that slump for two for like a month
0: there. For two, I mean, two, hey, three weeks. the Angels won that series last week. Yeah, that's I where the Yankees are right now. <laughs> If we beat them. It's not that doesn't bode well for the Yankees that's okay, just throw more money at it <laughs> right throw money at the problem throw Aaron judge get Aaron judge to just play by well, himself the the trade deadline has passed it's true It's true it's true, it's true. anything can happen though uh, with some of these matchups I, there's some teams that are absolutely out of conversation but there's some that could surprise people and that's interesting um, I think going into playoffs I am fully invested. So I am ready to see what September has and hopefully we'll enter October with some less familiar faces is my hope. I really don't think I, I just don't want I want to do everything we can to avoid a Dodgers Astros World Series again. Yeah. So, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. But right now it seems like that's an inevitability and that sucks. But but, but that's why they play the game. Let's yes, that's why they play the game. I'm Honestly, at this point, I'm hoping for a Mariner's upset. (laughs) They need one. They need a win. (laughs) They need it.
1: Get the Nintendo off their back. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Where's Howard Lincoln when you need him? Let's move on. Uh, Anything else in sports before we move on, actually?
1: Uh, Some restructuring in the NBA, uh, but other than that, no. Mm -hmm. Um, not really. Yeah, not we're like a month, we're
0: still a month and change out from basketball and hockey. so. Yep. Uh, but those
1: um, leagues are starting to do their camps, yes. training camps, D leagues, uh, summer warm ups as they get into the season starting in October.
0: All right. Well, looking forward to that. Because, uh, yes, as we mentioned, we will be a basketball household. Uh, starting this season, so that'll be interesting to kind of. take... the in. Bucks. <laughs> yes, so we will be watching, uh, watching Bucks games. So we'll see. Let's move on into television news proper, and of course, the biggest story in television oh, right I now. What?
1: Sports entertainment.
0: Oh, we're not we to talking about wrestling. We're, we're moving on. Roman
1: Reigns, The Viper,
0: uh-huh. no. Drew McIntyre. Slash also, muscle. for the first time ever. I guess in an interview, Triple H had, like actually mentioned AEW, so he yep. is aware. <laughs> He's aware they exist, yes. <laughs> so, like Vince McMahon gets out of the company, all of a sudden they, they understand they have competition. <laughs> but, you know. Anyways, we don't have time, because that's a <laughs> whole can of worms. Yes, it is. Uh, let's move on. Television news. The biggest story right now in the last few weeks has, of course, been. Well, I guess maybe not last night. We Actually, you don't have a story about Lord of the Rings which was the big hotness this week. But we yeah, do have a so
1: story. The reason I'm not talking about Lord of the Rings is because yeah. no one can talk about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Amazon has put a kibosh, a ban on all reviews on the Amazon Prime Video Store website. The first two episodes are out right yeah. now on Prime Video. You can't have a take. Cannot, we can't have a take on it, so
0: we're no. not going to have a take on it. No one knows we exist. We can have a take on it. <laughs> anyways. but if you haven't watched it, we will wait till next week to talk about it. In the meantime, though, the other big fantasy series is, of course, House of the Dragon, the big Game of Thrones spinoff. We talked about it briefly last week, but some uh, moving and shaking has been happening behind the scenes. The HBO fantasy drama's co-showrunner and director Michael Sapochnik Sapochnik, Sapochnik. Sapochnik. Sapochnik, is stepping down from the freshly launched hit series and spinoff of Game of Thrones. Sources say... Sapochnik is exiting the show after pouring an exhausting three years of effort into the prequel. Dragon co-creator Ryan Condal will now serve as the show's sole showrunner and continue to work closely with co-creator George R.R. Martin. Sapochnik has also entered into a first-look deal with HBO to develop new projects and will remain an executive producer for the duration of the series. So he's not really going
1: away from the series.
0: He's just going away from HBO. He's just going away from day to day duties. He's going to be more of a consultant. Uh, He said in a statement, quote, I am so proud of what we accomplished with season one and overjoyed by the enthusiastic reaction of our viewers. It was incredibly tough to decide to move on, but I know that it is the right choice for me personally and professionally. Safoshnik recently directed the Tom Hanks film Finch for Apple TV plus and will be replaced by Game of Thrones director Alan Taylor, who recently directed The Sopranos' sequel movie, The Many Saints of Newer. So, like you said, not going anywhere. He will still be involved with HBO, will be involved with new projects, is still an executive producer on this. But, um, yeah, just an interesting wrinkle into the future of the series as it goes on. Going from two to one showrunner may actually have, like, an impact on the development of the series itself, but we won't know until some stuff comes out about behind the scenes. We
1: saw what happened with two showrunners from Game of Thrones and how they were able to uh, settle on an idea for ending. So maybe with one person at the helm as the showrunner, that it can become more similar in an idea.
0: Yeah. Interesting nonetheless, and we'll see what it means for the series as it goes on. But the big chunk of television news this week came out of Disney, as Disney Plus Day and announcements happened. The event, well, Disney Plus Day has not happened. It will happen on Thursday, September 8th, but at least we know what is coming to the platform on that day. Films, specials, everything you can imagine. The celebration will also feature deals and promotions across the theme parks. Select AMC theaters will be hosting live screenings of Disney, Star Wars, and Marvel classics. This year, Disney Plus Day also kicks off the start of the D23 Expo, which... Like I like to mention at this podcast, I went to the first one. I did. I was there. It was very mm-hmm. small. Anyways, uh, oh, um, it what? It's huge now. It's huge now. It's impenetrable now. But back when I went, there's barely anybody there. But it's still at the Anaheim <clears throat> Convention Center here in Anaheim, California, down the street. Um, uh, the D23 Expo runs from September 9th to September 11th. Streaming on Disney Plus will be for Love and Thunder, making its Disney Plus streaming debut. Pinocchio, that's the creepy Tom Hanks version. Cars on the Road, which are new Cars shorts. Welcome to the Club, which is a new Simpsons short. I believe it involves Lisa being a Disney princess, mm-hmm. which, of course, is the joke that everybody's been making for the last four years, and it's not that not that good of a joke to start with. It's also uh, not uh, canonical because Homer's not a king. <laughs> we'll get there. I'm sure that it will address all of that and more. Yes. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, a Jedi's Return, a documentary. I'm guessing about the making Lincoln of movie one. Yes. Uh, Marvel Studios Assembled, The Making of Thor in Love and Thunder. That's what it sounds like it is. Frozen and Frozen 2 sing-along versions. And much, much more. From September 8th to September 19th, you can also catch AMC Theater screenings, a fan favorite as we mentioned, Disney, Marvel, Pixar, Star Wars films for Disney Plus Day. Films that will be included in this include Encanto, Rogue One, Thor, Ragnarok, Cars, and Newsies? Yeah, uh, important cool.
1: content being in a theater. Cool, very cool. Um,
0: Newsies? Yeah,
1: Newsies,
0: randomly. Newsies, okay, yeah. sure. D23 announcements. Talk about that child labor laws. Yeah. well actually that's what Newsies is about. It's about like, hey, stop working <laughs> us so hard. We're gonna unionize essentially. Anyways, I, I don't hate Newsies, Newsies is fine. Um, D23 announcements. Uh, trickled out. Kevin Feige will show some new Marvel content. Disney Games will have a digital showcase on Friday with new content from Disney and Pixar games, Marvel games, Lucasfilm games, and 20th century games. Disney Legends honorees will include Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish, Kristen Bell, Adina Menzel, Josh Gad, and Jonathan Groff from Frozen, of course. Ellen Pompeo and Patrick Dempsey from Grey's Anatomy. Chadwick Boseman, RIP. Robert, Rob, Rob, Robert, yes. yep. Rob, yep. Coltrane, Rob Coltrane, Robert Price, Bob, quote, Bob Foster, Don Hahn, Doris Hardoon, and Chris Montan. Emmy Award winner Tamron Hall will be the host of that ceremony, so cool.
1: Yep, so they will all be inducted into the Disney Legends Hall of Fame.
0: Yes, very cool. Uh, anything else notable that came out of all this uh, that we didn't mention here?
1: Um, No, but like I said, uh, Kevin Feige is supposed to announce more Marvel things, but that will be coming next week, so hopefully all that will happen on the actual date of the 9th. So when we podcast on the 10th, (laughs) we'll have have to talk about it. We're going to close on the 11th with all this new information. Well, good.
0: I'm glad then we're maybe saving time for next week because we'll need a lot of time to talk about that stuff. All right, so we'll talk about more Disney next week, but in the meantime, do you have any television thoughts? Anything new that you watched this week? Not in terms of a TV show. All right. Well, I wrapped up a uh, show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wrapped up a show this week. Uh, as we, as you know, uh, season three of Tuca and Bertie has been airing on Adult Swim and HBO Max. It wrapped up with its final two episodes this past week. Um, and oh boy, what a season of this thing. Um, it's one of my favorite shows on television. I'm glad they get to make more of it. Uh, still out on whether they're go- getting a season four at this point, but I sure hope so. Season three was a whole lot of fun to watch. Similar to season two, it had sets up a lot of threads that continue throughout the season and then pay off at the very end. This one was a little more of a rough road to get there. I have to say that as individual episodes, I don't know if I loved it moment to moment as much as I did season two. That being said, it nails the landing, and it makes everything, all of that setup, feel like it was done for a reason. And some of the need more awkward episodes make sense in context once you get to that end zone. Um, yeah, just, just it's such a treasure of a show. It's a show that's visually inventive and funny, just as much as it is, uh, like making commentary about like actual things that thirty somethings have to deal with in their life familial relationships, romantic relationships, um, you know, like trauma, dealing with trauma, dealing with friendship, um, even going into something this season, like uh, going into like, like, like work, like what it means to like be uh, content with your job situation, or what happens on the other end of that, if you get fired. Um, and it's really, it's really always good at hitting the nail on the head about like, what our generation specifically our generation this is an incredibly millennial show because it's specifically like you're in your 30s and you're watching these characters in their 30s deal with problems that you are dealing with currently almost eerily like it's funny the last season did this and the current season does this where every week i'll be like this is literally happening to me right now (laughs) are they watching me like every week it's like oh this is also something i'm like literally thinking about right now it's weird how it manages to do that episode in and episode out but it's such a, just such a, a rare show where it's like, it, there's nothing like it. There's literally nothing like it. Even BoJack Horseman was such a different animal, no pun intended, than this show is. There's shared DNA, but this is such a different thing, and it's never is dramatic without ever feeling like a weight on your shoulders like sometimes BoJack could feel. I think it manages to really balance the drama and the hilarity and the absurd and the real very well, and it's just such a such a great show. So, yeah, if you haven't watched any of it, seasons two and three are on HBO Max. Season one is still on Netflix, so you can still gather all of it and watch all of it if you have missed it. Uh, but, yeah, still great. I'm still happy uh, to report that it's still just as good as it always has been. And I'm looking forward to, hopefully, a season four. Um, other than that, just still uh, trucking on uh, League of Their Own, still haven't wrapped that up. Uh, but I will watch more of that sooner than later. Um, other TV? Can't think of anything at the moment. I still haven't dipped into She Hulk. I do plan on it um, before that wraps up. Uh,
1: let There was so, yeah. one thing that I started watching. But I only got like halfway through the first episode. Okay. Uh, it's a video reality competition on Netflix. Ah. Uh, Yes, it's exactly what you think. Something like that would. um, I'm sure it is. It's a dating show. Remember what the freaking name is? Uh, (laughs) It's a new dating show where you're single and you're trying to, as you are on a dating show, trying to um, get with the other contestants. But the catch is that. You're on the show with your with like your sibling as well.
0: What? That sounds terrible. Oh, it's it is super.
1: uh, it is super God, what is it (laughs) called? I'll I'll find the name for it, but yeah, it's it's another one of those like dating shows uh, that yeah, where the twist is that you're on it with your uh, with uh, your like your brother, your sister.
0: Yeah, that sounds like nothing I ever want to watch. But have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on then out of television and into cancellations and renewals. Right.
1: First up, oh, it's called dated and related. That's what it <laughs> dated is. And related.
0: stupid. Yes. Anyways. Completely. Yeah,
1: but are like, yeah, well, but you're supposed to like, There's something supposed to like help you find your match while, while you're there too. So, like, oh, like, oh, you like them, but they also like think you're a good match too. So, well, or not, you know, or like have an awkward double date with like your brother and then like a brother and sister. So it's awkward and cringy in all the wrong ways. But
0: it's also like the train wreck that you can't stop watching. Well, have fun with that. In the meantime, cancellations and renewals. All right, what am I no longer watching? Start with Netflix's Resident Evil, which has been canceled after just one season. Yep, no more Resident Evil. Although from what I understood, we're not missing out on much. No one's going
1: to miss that one much.
0: Yeah. Trying, we'll get a fourth season on Apple TV Plus, so they will try to complete it. HBO Max already announced season four of Harley Quinn. Uh, but we're not even done with season three. Um, also notable is that the the, uh, the promotion for it said that it's going to be sooner than you think. So maybe later this year? I don't know. Early next year? I don't know. But get more Harley Quinn quicker is not a bad thing uh, to me. Maybe perhaps they're trying to push out a contract uh, so that way they can get rid of it just like everything else. Maybe. Anyways.
1: Bring
0: get to the 99th episode and ended Nowhere close. Those episodes these seasons are only like 10, 13 episode seasons. Right. So, you so get to 50 episodes and ended. Yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, then moving on into deaths. We have two ones, two deaths to speak. Ralph Eggleston, age 56, an animator, worked on the Lion King and *Wally*. directed the Pixar short for the birds, and won an Oscar back in 2001.
1: Yep. For For the Birds. For the Birds. And yeah. Uh, fun Fact for the Birds is probably my favorite Pixar short yes. they've ever done. I think it might I, be mine too. Don't think they've ever managed to quite top it. <laughs> it's, but just, I, yeah. It but the the, the close one is Feast. That'd be yeah, the second, second one.
0: I like yeah, that. I, that was, too, it was good too.
1: That was nice. Yeah. But nothing beats for, <laughs> for the Birds. It's simple. It's very uh, poignant to the point and it's got the uh,
0: technical direction of. How many feathers can we put on the screen? <laughs> yeah. Yes, very, very cute. And also in political deaths this week, Mikhail Gorbachev, yes, as of Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall fame. In age 91, last leader of the Soviet Union, uh, which of course closed in 1991, and then a Nobel Prize, Nobel Prize laureate in 1990. So yeah, um, pivotal uh, person in terms of history, especially with the uh, USSR and the end of Soviet Russia as we knew it. Uh, Yeah, uh, 91 though. No one should be too surprised, I guess, is what I'll say, but uh, yeah. All right, let's move on. uh, But Putin will not give him any type of ceremony. Of course not, yeah. Politically uh, opposed, as I guess you could say. Let's move on on. into movies. We start with movies, uh, movies always with weekend box office numbers. Your number one movie this week, debuting with $6.8 million, is The Invitation. That's that vampire thing. Mm-hmm. Also, you're probably thinking, wait, the number one movie only made $6.8 million? Yeah, apparently nobody was seeing movies. This weekend will be interesting, though. We are, It's a three-day Labor Day weekend coming up, so uh, maybe we'll see an uptick in these numbers? I want to say no, because there's only one new release. <laughs> right, and it's not going to bring the people. So, yeah, somehow that is your number one. Number two, Bullet Train, with another $5.6 million. That's at 78. Number three, Beast, 4.8, adding to a $20 million dollar domestic total. Number four, Top Gun Maverick, another $4.7 million. That's a $691 million. Ah, so much money. Number five, Friday top five. Last week's number one, Dragon Ball Super Superhero, with another $4.6 million. Dollars, that's at a respectable $30 million. Down at number seven, your other big debut this week. 3,000 years of longing with only 2.9 million. Ooh. So, not a hit. Not it. Nope. All right. Let's move into new releases for this week. As you mentioned, well, one, I guess, major one. You have two li- on the list here.
1: No, it's all one title. Oh, Barbarian Medieval? Oh, no, that is our two. Those for next week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I brought the one before it. No, yeah, you were thinking of the one before Yes, yeah. barbarian and medieval, because we talked yeah. about "Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul" last week. Yes, but yes, no. But bar- what is barbarian and what is medieval, and how are these two different movies? Uh,
1: medieval is the Ben Foster film about medieval knighthood. Uh, barbarian is the horror film from A24.
0: Aha, got it. So those are your releases, as you mentioned. Nothing's probably going to make that big of a splash this week. So maybe do some movie catch up. See something you haven't seen yet. It's like Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Maybe. Um,
1: otherwise, technically, uh, this weekend is National Cinema Weekend, where tickets for movies will be $3. Hey. As an incentive to try to get you to go to movies during Liberty Weekend? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. But yeah, it's only for the weekend. Perhaps uh, I will. They'll yeah. go back, they'll, they won't stay $3 for very long.
0: There we go. All right, let's move on out of uh, new releases into movie news. And first, we start with a favorite of the Media about podcast. It's time for some casting bits. The uh, bits, uh, the right. bits, the uh, bits. Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. Yes, you heard me right. We'll be joining R.L. Stein adaptation Zombie Town, which is exactly what it sounds like: a teen romance drama with zombies based on the book of the same name. I don't know why they're going for uh, this kind of nostalgia, but sure, why not? Uh, from what I understand, though, working with Chevy Chase is a nightmare, so it fits with the zombie theme.
1: <laughs> what I'm going to assume is that they're going to be playing the dads or grandpas yeah. who will be grandpas at this point. Being, grandpas. who will be the first ones being bitten in the zombie town, and so you get zombie, zombie. Chevy Chase and zombie, zombie dad, dad actors.
0: Sure. Speaking of Dan and Aykroyd, recently just rewatched <laughs> Blues Brothers. Still holds up. Yeah. Just this is a book, right? It. It's on AMC Plus. Oh, shit. That I need to cancel. <laughs> shit. I just signed up for it to watch that and nothing else. I need to cancel it. I totally forgot. It. It's a seven day trial. <laughs> shit. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what else are we going to watch on there? I don't want to watch The Walking Dead. Anyways, let's gotcha. move on. Our second bit in casting news here. Grace VanderWaal, Katherine oh. Hunter, James Remar, and Tyler, Tyler Shire and Shia, Shia LaBeouf and Jason Schwartzman whew, all join Francis Ford Coppola's Megop- Megalopolis, which we've heard uh, news in and out of for the last, last year of, or so of eventually being a real movie that we can see.
1: Yes. Um, Adam Driver is still considered to be the star in that film. Yeah. But yeah, just adding six more people to
0: that cast. Yeah, I mean... The only one that makes me kind of roll my eyes is Shia LaBeouf. Otherwise, this is fine, I guess. Good to see Jason Schwartzman getting a paycheck. I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, sure, why not? Next up, Todd Phillips as Brendan Gleeson and Lady Gaga to Joker, the sequel, uh, Joker, I can't speak French for the last I think few. it's For Leandro. Sure, probably closer. Um, which of course was still Star Joaquin Phoenix as the titular Joker. I think, yeah, the big news was your Lady Gaga's in, in, in inclu- inclusion in this. I, I don't care, I don't yeah. care. It's expected
1: to be a musical, s and she may be playing a harlot, Quinn quid
0: in this. The uh, oh. uh, ground, anyways. <sighs> next up, Russell Crowe cast as the lead in Sleeping Dogs an adaptation of E.O. Chirovici's novel, The Book of Mirrors, which follows an aging cop dealing with Alzheimer's. This is not, unfortunately, based on the video game, Sleeping Dogs. Yes. Which is actually a pretty good open world crime game. That's but why no, I put that not, in there. This has nothing to do with sleepy dogs, unfortunately. Um, this sounds boring to me, but maybe somebody is uh, aching for this. Let's see. Let's move on out of that. Well, still Russell
1: Crowe in stuff
0: sure. At least he's not singing in this one. Uh, that's it, casting bits. Let's move into news. We talked about Marvel briefly earlier, but now we talk about DC Fandom. No, no, we love the fandom no. here in the MediaVote podcast, but there will be one change this year. The virtual event of the DC fandom will not be held this fall. According to a statement from Warner Brothers Discovery, the company decided not to produce a fandom this year in response to the return of in-person events. Instead, planning to announce news of various comic conventions around the world. So, out of various comic conventions around the world. So, instead, instead of doing fandom, they're doing just the more traditional DC rollout at Comic Cons worldwide. The decision not to host fandom also comes during a period of transition for DC at Warner Brothers Discovery. I would even argue a period of transition for Warner Brothers Discovery as a company. Uh, with the company attempting to find a producer to oversee film and television at the company, similar to Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige at Disney. Dan Lin, producer of the Lego Batman movie, is reportedly in contention for this gig, but time will tell who they have, like ultimately yeah. choose to have that helm. So we'll see. And we recently talked
1: about last week how the only film DC has coming out for the rest of the year is Black Adam in yeah. October they already moved uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods to next year. Yeah. And that's it. So for them to have a PC fandom to say, all this stuff will be coming next year is just yeah. all like hype and anticipation at this point.
0: And if also, there's anything to show. And also from what I understand, it seems like all hands on deck right now if you're in that company in those divisions. So they don't have time to put something like on this, like on right now. They're, Mm-hmm. Too busy having meetings about what of their children they have to kill, like probably at this point.
1: Just that bring James Gun into fire him again.
0: Yeah, probably. Ugh, what a what a frustration. Well, how annoying. Anyways. If you want more James Gunn, just watch this season of Harley Quinn. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you watched one movie uh this week. What's me time? Me Time is Kevin Hart
1: and Mark Wahlberg. Um, I'm out. <laughs> yes. That right there should tell you if you want to watch this or not. Yeah. So Me Time is Kevin Hart is a family man um, who's best friend with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Basically, they've had in and outs of falling in and outs of like, oh, like we like we're childhood friends ish, but now I've grown up, Kevin Hart's grown up, he has a family, now he's a family man, so he can't be the wild independent person that Mark Wahlberg turned out to be. So in clearly a fantasy land, Mark Wahlberg is celebrating his 44th birthday and invites Kevin Hart to step away from his family duties to party with him for his 44th birthday because they're both 44, 44 in this film. And yeah, I don't believe any of that, but yet here we are. <laughs> sure, why not? So yeah, it's a little bit of, of that kind of like hall pass-esque kind of thing where um, I used to be one person, but I grew up, but that version of me is still in me and maybe I need to learn to like speak up for myself and they came to a heart roll and like have me time and be better for me so I can be better for my family. And there, I just saved you 90 minutes of watch time.
0: Thank you, because I really needed you to save me from that. Yeah, so, uh, sounds like middle of the road if you're a fan of maybe of those two. Like maybe, but like seems like pretty unremarkable. It's
1: a family movie. I put family in quotes there because lots of drugs, lots of poop jokes. So it's not a family movie at all? Yeah. Uh, turtle poop jokes, Making a family movie.
0: Turtle poop? Turtle poop? Yeah, turtle, turtle poop, poop jokes. Turtle poop. Yep, turtle poop. Turtle, turtle, turtle poop? poop. Everybody poops. I was gonna say I now have an image for the website thing, but no, I don't. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's what me
1: time is. It's like allowing it's like, hey, get back to me, but me as a person is not me who I was 15 years ago. All right. So okay. plus yeah. Mark Wahlberg trying to be 44.
0: Well, that sounds insufferable. (laughs) Actually, is Kevin Hart even? I think he's older, maybe, or maybe. He's 43. He's 43. Okay, so he's a year away. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, and Mark Walbert's 51. I know. Try and pretend that he's
0: 44. Um, All right. Anyway, any other movies you want to talk about? No. I also did not watch any movies. So, Uh, so yeah, now I guess would be the time, again, if you don't want to know anything about, more about the video game slash movie, Immortality, um, turn off this podcast and we'll see you next week, guys. Okay, nice. Um, so how much do you want to know? Because I, are you interested at all in, like, finishing this? Do you want to play more of it, like, to get to the credits, or do you just want to know about it? Uh,
1: So what am I supposed to do once I see those ghostly images?
0: So here's the thing, and why I said, oh yeah, you're playing on computer, this is why. The scrubbing works differently, from what I understand, depending on what platform you're on. So I'm playing on Xbox. So with a controller, there are two things that happen when you're uh, allowed, basically, to see extra footage. There's a sound, and there is a vibration in the controller. You were not listening to the sound, and you were playing on a computer. Mm-hmm. So when you said that, I was like, I don't even know how you would interact with that information without just doing it willy-nilly. So I would bet that if you turned the sound on, you would hear the sting when something was weird. There's a little bit of like a low, like, like, kind of like a, like, something's up. And so you would know then, OK, I'm going to start rewinding. But it's not usually just back. Sometimes it wants you to, as I said, scrub the footage a little bit. So as you would with the actual moviola, you need to kind of move up and down a little bit while you're rewinding. So no, on the controller,
1: actually, is while I'm rewinding?
0: that's the thing. So I'm imagining for the, for the for mouse controls, you would be like you'd be clicking down, maybe, and then moving up and down while you're holding down, maybe? Yeah, because
1: I just because when I rewind it, I see the ghostly image. Yeah, but it's like, oh hey, that I try to pause it
0: to like. So it's not about pausing. You have to You have to maneuver it to lock in. That this is at least my understanding about it. I could be doing it in a more complicated method than it impl- than it intends it to be. For all I know, but my understanding is is that you once you see start seeing that ghost image, you have to kind of move up and down while rewinding to get it to lock. And when it locks in place, two possible things can happen. One, um, it will immediately change the the, the the scene, and you will see a different version of the scene. Or you will have to continue rewinding in order to play the playback of this ghost image.
1: OK, because I looked through like the how-to and the guides, and it said yeah. like you can scrub it
0: once yeah. it's paused. But it didn't really say you can scrub it while you're rewinding. So you can. It doesn't communicate that very well, but you can. Anyways, although now that I'm thinking, now that you've described that to me, I'm going to try pausing it next time and then scrub. Maybe that's how it works.
1: Well, no, because like, I've tried pausing it. I can't pause out It goes yeah. to the image. It
0: does not work. Oh, right. Right. You're right. You're right. Because I did try to do that, and you can't. Because I think the purpose of that is because it doesn't want you using the uh, image search mm-hmm. ability for the ghost images. You can't link those. Those are separate completely. Um, so, yeah, that's the mechanic from what I understand. And like I said, it so hinges on those two things happening that it's not it, like once you explained to me that you were had sound off, I was like, oh, that's why. Because you would not have known to do something because... Because the thing that clicked for me when it first happened was, oh, my controller started vibrating and a sound happened. And then it stopped. So my brain was, well, if it was only happening for a period of time in this footage, I should go back. And that's when I saw the ghost image. And then I was like, oh, but how do I? And like I said, so some of them aren't even ghost images. Some of them are you quickly rewind and it pops in a different version of that scene. And then the scene plays out. So what I've been doing is whenever I get one of those or if I get the ghost image stuff, I will let those play out. I will exit the scene and then go right back into it because it picks up the normal scene where you left off. And then I'll finish the normal scene. So have you been, here's another question. Sometimes matches will send you into the middle of a scene. Have you been backing up to the beginning and watching the? I've games? always backed up to the beginning. That's what that I do, do as well, because like, Initially, at the beginning of the game, I didn't even realize it was doing that, so I had to go back to some scenes that I played in the first like hour um, to watch them in their entirety because I completely See, missed. I it. got,
1: I know how to do that, or I <laughs> should be doing that because I played telling lies, right? See, I, 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 copy I in the middle. I was like, oh, I should rewind all the way through. rewind all of that.
0: So I didn't know that going in, so I had to learn that through the game. Um. So, what are your feelings about the? The movies here, like, do you think they're fairly realistic versions of the movies made in that time period? I'm I'm curious because you have a production background, uh, you would maybe know, uh, and we both studied history of film, so I kind do you think these are accurate, or do you think you were kind of like had a hard time like thinking, oh, this is a period piece? No,
1: I don't think I've had some hard time thinking it's a period piece. I think it is fairly accurate, especially all the a lot of the techniques that they're using. Um, uh, the damn stupid seagull. I don't know if you got to that part. <laughs>
0: no, I have not seen a seagull yet.
1: Okay, this damn stupid seagull. That's oh, like okay. This is clearly of the time. <laughs> uh, and then, like, it goes into the nineties, and it's like, oh, like here's our first instance of using green screen, right? In right. one
0: of the clips. I just, I want to talk to you about that clip because I just saw that clip yesterday. It is not of that movie. No, it's not. It seems to predate it. My. Here's my theory about what that scene is: is maybe that director's film right before he starts shooting Two of Everything, and like it like doesn't happen, but it retains some plot elements that are late, later used in Two of Everything, the dual actress thing. Uh-huh. So maybe maybe it's like, oh, when she when he realized he could get Marissa to be in the movie, he reformulated the whole thing, maybe, but. It made me laugh so hard because I immediately thought, of like, oh, duh, 1998. Like, this is like, oh, like the Matrix. Like, yes. you start thinking about, like, oh, what if, what if we could do this? And I just thought yeah. that was really funny.
1: Starting of green screen, starting of computer technology. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious as to what your final, current final clip is. And one, did you find the first clip?
0: It depends on what you mean. What is the first clip to you? Because I'm not sure if I did. I think I did. The first uh, the first clip is black and white. Black and white? No, I don't think I've unlocked that.
1: Okay. So you okay. haven't found the very first image of Marissa then? No. Which is a black and white.
0: I guess I haven't. No. So okay. that I haven't. that's why I asked. So to me, the first clip that I have, I believe, is a. Tonight's show equivalent interview with Marissa. Okay, so that's where
1: I started. So, yeah, in the, the beginning, it gives you like all the clips to look at.
0: Right, yeah. And, so also you pick the one one,
1: that... and then you go from there. Then it like erases everything that goes from there. Yeah. Um. So, that's not the first clip. Okay. Like in the timeline
0: of everything. Well, from what I understand, the, that first movie is the bulk of this game. There are like 72 clips of Ambrosia. And I'm Ooh. not even close to 72, I don't think. Do you do you at least have like
1: the um, table not the table week but like the um, the actress um, audition tapes?
0: I have some audition tape. I don't know if I have Marissa's audition. I have some audition footage.
1: Okay. So yeah, there's some audition for it. Okay. Okay. Okay, and then the final clip. Yes. Do you have Gene... a clip past the green screen? <laughs> or is that your final clip?
0: Okay, My final timeline. clip, let's put it this way. I'm, I do not want to spoil this clip if you haven't seen it, so I'm going to be very careful here. Mm-hmm. I have a clip that does not happen in any movie. Same. Okay. I have I... a clip
1: that has a slate, but it's just the name of a slate.
0: Yes, okay. My understanding is that that is the final clip. And my un- additional understanding is is that that is how you trigger credits. Okay, because credits didn't roll when I played that. So Because you didn't see the ghost footage. Okay. There is, my again, like I said up top, I do not know for sure, but from what I gathered on the internet, if you watch the alternate layer there of that clip, that triggers credits. I did It did not trigger credits, but it did something that I thought should have, and the internet seems to think that that is a bug that can happen. So I'm not sure if it was a bug, or maybe I just need to rewatch that, which is probably what I'm going to try after this. I'm going to try rewatching that clip again with the ghost footage. And it does a different, slightly different thing with that footage that I'm not sure if I really did it correctly mechanically. So I want to try it again to see maybe I missed something. And maybe then I'll trigger credits. but that's my understanding is that that is the final clip because it wraps up, as I kind of hinted at earlier, it wraps up the thematic part of the game. It wraps up the meta story of the game more than it wraps up the actual mystery of the game, the real world stuff. So what you saw right now is is a glimpse into the alternate story that's happened in that clip. Um, it was the only one where the lights were different in yes, all
1: the other seats. Yes.
0: yes, it's the only one that's shot like modern. is because even the '99 movie, it looks for fairly modern, but it's also like very. Uh, some people on a podcast I listened to were saying, uh, with some film production background, were saying mm-hmm. that it was designed to uh, look like it was shot on mini DV. Yeah, and which is Siri. I'm not talking to you um she loves technology uh dead technology from sony from the 90s um (laughs) um, but yeah like apparently it's supposed to like that this yeah like as you mentioned this is seems like a shot in hd like modern technology which is different from everything else it definitely stands out for more than one reason yes (laughs) um that makes more sense once you have some of the meta story understood is what i will say Okay. Not 100% sense, but it makes more sense is what I will say, because it is kind of a finality of a character, you could say, her character, Rose's mm-hmm. character in a way. Um, geez I don't even know where to go. Um, so much of the what it wants to do is in that in the alternate footage. So once you figure out how to do it, you're gonna unlock a whole lot of context, I think. Okay, is what Let's I was. play around with it. Yeah, so I'm very curious. Once you start watching some of that, maybe we'll have another conversation next week, uh, briefly about like what your feelings about that meta narrative happening at the same time is. It goes some places, and I... so there's two. I guess two last things I want to talk about with this game. One, content. Were you kind of surprised with how sexual this game is? You mean just all the... Uh, so there's a lot of nudity. there's a lot fuck. of mind sex. And it seems like everybody involved creatively seems to like want to keep going with the sex and more and more and more of it. Uh,
1: especially in the first film of Ambrosia. Yeah. Um, especially with the contents of the priest. Yes. Um, and his lusty sins.
0: Yeah, I mean that... The, all three movies have that in common, which are all three movies have that like, oh no, there's overt like there's a, characters who are overtly like trying to figure some shit out through sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, most notably in the first one, you're right, but even in the, the next two, uh, the second movie Minsky is interesting because it's like kind of a there's like kind of like under under underlying like wait are all these artists just sleeping with each other kind of thing, which is funny too because it goes through some of the footage behind the scenes, but it's also like, oh, everybody is sleeping with each other in real life, too. Yeah. Like, there's a relationship between her and the director. There's, a relation- there's like relationship, supposedly, between one of the uh, her co-stars and the director, perhaps. I got through that
1: one as well, yes.
0: There's also a one-sided romance thing happening with Marissa and the co-star, uh, which leads to, have you seen that scene? Yes. His untimely demise, let's say, mm-hmm. um, which... When that scene ended, I was like, "Wait a minute! Did that was that a real reaction?" Turns out it is, and that really says a lot about Marissa's character, and then explains that twenty-year gap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got to that part. Yeah, got to that part at least. Okay, so you, it seems like you've seen a lot of scenes, but maybe you haven't.
1: But well, I haven't, so without that extra it. layer, yeah. you're
0: missing a lot of meta stuff that's happening. Um, geez, um, oh yeah, the other thing, so yeah, it's, gets wild, wild with sex, stuff, so. even more so in The Ghost, but just wait. Um, uh, and then the other thing is, do you think this is a good game? Because I think that's the conversation the internet is having right now. Game
1: yeah, because, the,
0: so, the it seems like even people who are interested in the story, are getting hung up on the mechanics of it saying that the filtering tools aren't that great the jumping from scene to scene feels a little sloppy and random more so than it should what do you feel about that
1: it's not quite a game in the traditional narrative sense yeah um, like you said sam barlow has a very distinct game style with her story and telling lies yeah so it's in more of those lines but he seems like it storyteller that wants to tell his story, mm-hmm. through a game, through clips, rather than a whole narrative.
0: And I think, having not played his other games before, I kind of went into this being like, oh, okay. <sighs> this doesn't feel as gamey as what I've been come to believe what her story is. It doesn't feel like there's as it, it much of a puzzle to solve as it is literally just, watch all of this, and eventually you'll figure it out, which is what this game feels like to me. This game feels like, here's a bunch of footage presented to you in a non-linear fashion, try to make sense of it. That's the game part of it to me is, yeah, there's some mechanics, but it doesn't get to the point where it seems like there's a challenge at all. It's not challenging. It's just literally like, figure it out, which is why I kind of want to make that distinction where, yes, there is a mystery to be solved, but you're not solving the mystery you are watching the mystery unfold and it makes more sense as you go on the more footage you watch mm-hmm. and so yeah it's so yeah i think in that way it definitely makes you think about like well what are we calling games then like like is this a game is this, i guess it's a game because you are interacting with it with interacting with it with your controller but is fast forwarding and rewinding and moving <laughs> on a Blu-ray also interactive? Is that a game?
1: Is it a game in the same way that like Black Mirror Bandersnatch statues, where you're yeah trying to decide which way to go, choosing an adventure.
0: That's a game, I
1: think. I don't know. It is label it as a game. It's interactive,
0: so I guess that makes yeah. it a game rather than a passive, so, which is what TV and movie is. It's passive. So that's I think. The most interesting part about this, to me, is how that dovetails with the actual content and how interesting and how ambitious all of this footage and all this acting and all of this has gotten to, combined with its kind of unique way of presenting the gameplay, I understand why some people are calling this game, like, super hyperbolic terms. Like, I've seen two instances of the word masterpiece being tossed around by this yeah. game. I don't know if personally I'm willing to go there. But I get it. And I say that because, I get that because it is unique. It is based on some of the stuff he's done before, but I think presented in such a wild, blown out, ambitious way that I think that it is the most, like, impressive version of the thing he's been trying to do. And yes, we're going really hard on talking about Sam Barlow, the person, but I should restate. There are other people working on this. Half maybe is a team. Um, there are producers, there are writers, this is a team effort. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is based on works that he did solo, so it is interesting to kind of frame it as something that comes out of his mind first. Uh, So yeah, I get why people are like, oh, this is quite an achievement. Because it is, it is quite an achievement, it's quite a unique thing that nobody else has done before in this exact way, and it is ambitious and just the effort it must have taken to get this game to be what it is, is impressive. But yeah, I think that there are just moments when I'm playing it where I feel a little bit like like I'm struggling to like progress that keep it from being an amazing, perfect experience for me. Those moments, there's enough of those moments where I'm like, I just wish I saw a new clip instead of getting, like literally doing five clips in a row where stuff I've seen before, which is where I'm at right now, where it's like I keep hitting those walls and I have to be like, all right, well, maybe I go all the way down here to, a Minsky clip, like maybe that's something I haven't seen before. Maybe if I rewind to the middle of this clip and click on this lantern, maybe it'll send me to a different lantern the last time, stuff like that. But like moments like that, I'm a little reluctant to be like, this is amazing. But that made my brain remember our conversation last year about Matrix Resurrections. In that conversation, we were like, yeah, the movie moment to moment has its low points. The action scenes aren't that great. Sometimes the story is kind of like eh, when it's like ramping up to the interesting parts but the interesting parts of Matrix Resurrections is its commentary about being a movie being a franchise movie and when it's like making you think about and the fact that it stays in your head for days later thinking about like wait so is this what it was trying to say is this what it means like what uh, what, what was it like for Keanu Reeves to be in this thing like like about himself sensibly like about the franchise like what was going through the Wachowskis' mind, like, when they were thinking about that, like, that kind of thing. I think the same exact sentence can be said about immortality. It is a game that is flawed, that moment to moment might not feel like of a piece, but man, does it stay in your head, man, is it the only thing I've been able to think about in a couple days, like, because it makes you think about, like, what are the mechanics of this game? What are the mechanics of a movie? What are we expecting from actors? Like, what does that mean? For games going forward that feature actors when I mean, we've had a game that basically blows up that entire thought like I don't know it's just so many pieces it's such an intricate machine
1: and that's the that I have come to enjoy from this game yeah. is that not only is it just you get to see the casting the script reading the pre-production the production but that as an actual actor creating this content, that everything that you see on screen is on purpose. Yeah. And there's whole stuff you see behind, that you don't see behind the screen, behind the scenes, that goes into not just making a movie like for this, but just into making this game. In that yeah. the scene that you see of them doing the auditions, there's yeah. still like a crew of 10 behind the camera that you don't see, right. making sure all of this is accurate to progress the story
0: yeah some of my favorite moments are when you when it cuts and then you get to hear some of the banter Mm -hmm. Uh, like one recently I had was um, (laughs) there's a scene in Ambrosio I don't know if you've gotten it where he gets so angry they could start stabbing the the uh, portrait of the Virgin Mary on his wall Mm -hmm. and it's a fake knife and so immediately he does it so forcefully that the fake rubber knife bends and then at the very end once they cut they're like he says, and give me a real knife. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So moments like that are just so so interesting. But yeah, you get to get, get that extra layer. So the last yeah. thing I'm going to say is, I'm convinced at this point that there are three layers like narratively happening here. There's the main layer, which is watching these movies and this footage on its own and being like, okay, trying to figure out the mystery of literally the mystery. Like, why did these movies not get released? What happened to MRSA? Two, the layer that you're talking about, which is the commentary about making movies, about method acting, about filming, about directing, about relationships that happen on the set, that commentary. And then there is the third layer that you have not even opened up, and that I'm fascinated to get your take on once you get that third layer, which is about, yeah, like I said, goes into supernatural mode a little bit, and talks about, like, Yes, but what about the concept not just being immortal on film, but what about the concept of being literally immortal? Like, what about the concept of being taking, over, potentially even taking over people's lives physically and inhabiting other people? Is that acting? Is that a form of acting? It asks those questions in layer three, and you'll get there
1: like, is Sylvester Stallone Rocky, or is Rocky because of
0: Sylvester Stallone? Not exactly that. I think that's more of the second layer. I think the third layer is more asking what if literally, is what <laughs> I'm saying. What if literally? is that? And I'll leave it there. What if in a supernatural way? Hmm. Anyway. I'll get there. Try to unlock some of that footage, and we'll talk maybe briefly about it next week, another spoilery conversation. But I think you have the idea about where this is going. I think you have the, more or less an idea. And, I've, and I think I've gotten to the point now, I might do a little bit of maybe one more wrap up, sit down with it to see if I can roll credits and to see if I can get a few more scenes. But I'm feeling pretty satisfied with my experience with immortality. I'm pretty sure I'm wrapping it up. I'm feeling uh, satisfied with where I'm at with it, understanding it as a concept.
1: So what I've done um, in my last playthrough was go through the route of find a single object. And every time we see a new clip, just keep going through that object. Like yeah. I was doing with on a person. So every time I went and jumped to a new person or jumped to a new scene, just keep clicking on that person, and see how far that rabbit hole goes. Yeah. And then I did that with the script and keep yeah. going through the that's script good. and see how far a lot of the table goes. reads if you do that.
0: Um yeah. another tip I got from the internet if you're struggling to find full scenes is the clapboards at the beginning. After doing that, those skills. are objects. And they usually lead to something a scene that's similar to it. Maybe from a different movie. I think
1: that's how I actually got to the end, is doing the clapboard. Just keep going like, down, down the whole clapboard eventually That
0: is the, way the to last do it. clip. Yeah, I've heard that that is a way to just fudge yourself to the end, is to just do the clapboards. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, that's enough talking about immortality. <laughs> but man, there's right. a lot to talk about with that game. Uh, but yeah, In the meantime, thank you for listening and watching this podcast. We are the Media Boat Podcast, as you mentioned thanks for watching we'll be back next week probably with a live show for you guys uh once we're all feeling a little better um we'll be back so in the meantime you can watch our archive of youtube on youtube if you go to youtube and search for our channel media podcast you can watch new and old episodes on there so check it out like subscribe comment whatever you want to do click the bell for notifications when we go live you can also listen to us in classic audio form in media on um, uh, service, uh, podcast services like podcast, media, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search MediaBoat Podcast. You can find us on social media platforms like Twitter, where we're at MediaVoteCast. You can find us on Facebook if you search MediaBoat Podcast and find our page there. You can email us if you have questions, comments, your own theories about what's actually happening in immortality if you email us at MediaVotePodcast at gmail.com. Thanks nice for joining us. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, have a good week. Uh, oh, we didn't even mention Immortality is on Game Pass if you want to play it. Uh, you can also buy it for uh, pretty cheap, uh, $20 or under on Steam. I believe it's still on sale for $17.99 if you want to pick it up to own. But uh, yeah, plenty of ways to own it, uh, so check that out. And then we'll, yeah, we'll be back for more uh, news, thoughts, uh, maybe some more talk about Immortality, maybe will start talk about other things uh, next week. On the podcast. So stay tuned and we'll see you next time.
1: And football talk next week. And football talk. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.